So listen, we've had hockey players, football players, but we've never had a sport that is one of the toughest sports that I've ever seen or watched. But we never actually had a player from the rugby team. Well, lucky for you guys, we have a national champion and a young lady who's played in the U.S. and the Australian championships, Miss Anna Simone's on the show today. We're going to talk about gnarly injuries, cannabis education, so much more. So stay tuned. Five, four, three, two, one. medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow 2.0. I'm excited about my next guest as she is a retired women's Premier League rugby player with a 20-year playing career, including the championships in the U.S. and Australia. She's also a plant-based medicine advocator and educator. She speaks regularly about the therapeutic benefits of cannabis psychedelics for elite athletes and a wider population alike. I would like to welcome Anna Simmons to my podcast. I'm, I'm First of all, let me just say I'm a sports freak. Uh, I'm also a thrill seeker and I've broken every bone at least once. So I've, I've heard you've had a lot of accidents and, and I'm encouraged to how you, you got through it the same way I did. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your, your sports background and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have been an athlete my whole life. Um, you know, started out as a little kid playing a lot of soccer for many years and then I got to my second year of college uh, or university, depending on which country you're in, <laughs> and discovered rugby. And that was such a game changer for me. Um, it was like just so suited to my, um, my kind of my natural athletic expression, if you will, like kind of the more um, your, you know, aggression was encouraged, is allowed to be <laughs> open. And so, you know. Um, I just fell in love with it. And so I started playing rugby at that time and, and it just, uh, kind of dominated my life <laughs> for many years since. But, um, you know, like you said, a lot of injuries along the way, a lot of sacrifices, um, but such a passion for the game. So it's funny because you're originally from Canada, correct? I'm not. Actually, I'm from New Hampshire originally, though. Oh, so it was close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a couple hours from the border. <laughs> well, I, I started playing soccer, too, when I first started in sports. I started in sports, and all my friends who went to college or university, like you said, depending where you go to, they all went from soccer to rugby. And, I, and it was like so you said the same thing you said. It was an easy transition. It was something that, you know, they didn't feel comfortable playing soccer and they fell in love with rugby. And that was a huge thing for them. But as a woman, for most people who don't know, rugby is really one of those really tough sports, aggressive sports, violent sports. You got no equipment for those people who don't know what we've never seen rugby. I'm sure some people have seen it, but it's not like football. Football is good. It's big guys, but they got a lot of padding. But you're talking about just pure on aggression, hitting, no padding. What was it like for, for you to go through that and, and the injuries and did that bother you or 
freak you out? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, because I think I'm, you know, some like, ah, uh, you know how they say it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. So when, when we would be recruiting new players, like come try out rugby, you know, in college, we had our, our little team that we built. It was interesting because it wasn't always the most, um, the biggest or the most athletic looking people, but it's all about the will. It's a, it's the will to, to scrap and to be, you know, um, rugged, I guess. And so that doesn't really depend on size or shape. Um, but that said, we do have some beastly, beastly women <laughs> in our league. So, um, you know, but I think the, the injuries just come with the territory and you get used to them. When I first started playing, I remember we would go, you know, because I was young and I didn't really know how to take care of my body the same way. And so we'd go for a weekend tournament or something. And I remember we'd be on these drives back and just feeling like you wake up and you really feel like you got hit by a truck or a train or something. You're like your your whole body, like pain from your toes to your tip of your head. It's just crazy. But um, you do it, you you kind of get seasoned. And you do get used to it and it doesn't hurt as bad. And then you also learn along the way how to prevent some of that pain and manage other parts of it better. It's some of the stuff that I learned, especially in soccer. And it, of course, I broke my bow. I broke bows every at least, I think at least twice a year. Something. I was a freestyle skier and I was a soccer player. So oh. I'd break something in the summer and then I'd break <laughs> something in the winter. So it, it was continuous. But but like you said, you start teaching yourself how to recover from those injuries and you start looking for the next thing to actually help you recover better. Or like you said, prevent those injuries. Is that how you fell into the CBD industry, cannabis industry? Was that was that by accident or did you just start like I did researching something better? There's got to be something better out there than than NSAIDs and, and you know, painkillers. Yeah, it was a little of both. Um, I had used cannabis for years, um, recreationally speaking. And, um, but then around probably 2013 or 14, probably 2014, I, I started getting, um, really into reading more of the research and, um, and especially about CBD that was starting to come out. Um, I had a friend who went through a bone marrow transplant that year and which was a very, very intense, like months long thing. And, um, he was using, uh, medibles, uh, you know, uh, cannabis edibles to help him, um, through that whole process of the chemotherapy and everything. And, and so he had done a lot of research and he was like, Hey, you should check out this CBD. You know, I think this is really like something that could help you with your athletic career. And, um, so I really credit him a lot with sparking that interest, but, you know, and so I'd used it recreationally, but I started to get more attuned to the therapeutic benefits I was getting when I did use it. And so I started really like pursuing that pathway just personally and for my own benefit. And then ha there happened to be some opportunities that opened up in the cannabis industry as well. So it all came together. Well, let's unwrap that because that is the interesting thing. And this is what I like to do when I talk to people, especially athletes or professionals use cannabis, you know, recreationally. 2014, you won a championship. Your team won a championship. Am I correct? Yeah. Um, uh, National Division One Women's um, USA Rugby. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm trying to explain to to 
upper management or, or to firefighters trying to explain to them that we want to use the cannabis as a medicine, not as a, as a recreational get high, eat a bunch of Doritos kind of thing. Like, but like it's portrayed out there. We want to use it so we can sleep better. So we can mm-hmm. help ourselves with PTSD and stuff. And one of the biggest things I come up against all the time is, well, it's going to affect your performance. And well, you were using it recreationally in 2014 and it didn't whatsoever affect your performance, did it? It Not negatively. <laughs> it's positively. <laughs> I Actually, that year I was using kind of low-dose edibles to help support my sleep because I was training a lot that year. I was playing rugby and I had also gotten really into MMA as a side sport, so mixed martial arts. So I was also fight training, you know, like five, six days a week and rugby. And so... Um, I had, I was on a pretty strict schedule and I had to get to sleep when I had to get to sleep. And sometimes your body doesn't want to. And so, um, using those like really low dose THC edibles helped me to get, get to sleep, get good quality sleep, and then be rested to do it all again the next day. And that's a good point right there. Cause especially in, in first responders, our sleep cycles are so terrible. We always have these 24 hours where we hardly get any sleep and the days we do want sleep, we can't mm-hmm. sleep. So that's another reason why I'm, I'm trying to educate the first responder community on that. You know, this is a great product, even CBD itself at the low THC, it's a great product to help you sleep. But again, they're still with like, you know, how do we know you're using the other stuff? You're not using the other stuff. How do we know you're not doing something that you're not supposed to be doing? And they're not changing the test, but the good news is they slowly opened a door and the conversation started whereas three years ago when I started, basically the door was continuously slammed in my face. But, you know, thanks to having my podcast and having individuals like you telling us about your stories and how it helped you and everything else, that's really opened the doors for us. But you, like you said, you started in being an entrepreneur and you started with several different foundations, including Athletes for Care, which I've supported throughout some of their golf tournaments. Tell us a couple of more of those, the, the projects you're in and why you feel so passionate now about these projects. Absolutely. Um, so I'm an ambassador for a few different nonprofits. And like you said, Athletes for Care is one. Um, I got involved with them about, ooh, it's been over four years now. <laughs> um, I, I saw Marvin Washington speak at an event, and Marvin is a, a very um, a moving and uh, a fascinating and smart um, speaker, you know, so he's really, uh, I, I heard him speak, and I afterwards I talked to him, and I was like, you know, I'm not a famous athlete like you, but how can I help out with this cause? I'd love to get involved. And he laughed. He's like, you don't have to be famous. Come, you know, come join up, come help. And so, so I, you know, joined the group and start advocating with all of these other athletes who are also using our voices together to um, just tell the truth and say, we are getting benefits from this plant. And for a lot of us, it's actually um, made our quality of life so much better than it was before. Uh, You know, I've heard stories from athletes across the board in many different sports, everything from professional cycling to the NFL to, you know, um, swimming people who were addicted to opioids because of sports injuries and, um, and who have since were able to get totally off those, manage their pain and even get more function and be healthier um, afterwards using cannabis, CBD, you know, combinations. And so, so I think that's what it's really about. People are very passionate about paying it forward, you know, and not keeping this a secret, this quality of life issue. Um, 
And so, you know, advocating for not only athletes to be able to use these medicines of choice that helped us so much, but for everyone to be able to use them, including folks like first responders, um, potentially, and, um, you know, any, anyone else who could get benefits. So, um, so that's Athletes for Care. We do a lot of advocacy. Uh, I'm also an ambassador for the Last Prisoner Project, which is a social justice focused nonprofit that has as its mission to free every cannabis prisoner. And um, the whole principle is that now we're, we're making cannabis legal and we're building this multi-billion dollar industry and in the US and in Canada and other places. And yet there are still people being, there people serving huge sentences for cannabis um, possession and still people being arrested and locked up for it. And so that's, that makes no sense. It's unjust. And so, um, so that issue is, you know, is right where they're focusing. Um, and it's great that we, I think that we have a specific group on this one issue. Cause there are a lot of groups that do, you know, like reform and drug reform and those kinds of things. But this is specifically saying, let's get these prisoners out and, and working with individuals, working with state governments to do um, broader clemency um, initiatives and that kind of thing. And so they do really wonderful work. And so I um, also help to promote their cause whenever I can. Um, and then the, finally, I'm also an ambassador for the Concussion Legacy Foundation, which is not cannabis related, <laughs> although um, hopefully someday that research will be less stigmatized. But they, you know, these are the folks in the movie Concussion that have the brain bank, the, um, the VA, BU, CLF um, brain bank. And I'm a pledged brain donor for that. So they're looking into CTE and um, doing research um, you know, in that area. And of course have, have been responsible for so much of what we do know about CTE so far. Of course, that's something that I worry about myself having had so many, um, head impacts over the years, uh, from not just from sports, but, you know, being in a couple of car accidents and those kinds of things. So, um, I think they do really important work and I'm really excited for in the future to see how, um, as cannabis research gets less stigmatized, that could be integrated into what they're looking at, you know, the prevention of CTE and the neuroprotective properties. So that's a little bit, little out there still, but um, I think we'll see it before too long, I hope. Fingers crossed. But it's a good start to, tell, to talk to people about it, to tell them what, what's going on. That, that's the biggest thing. And like you said, paying it forward. I, I'm trying to pay it forward for first responders. And the same thing as you, I started getting involved in the, in the CBD industry and cannabis industry because I was actually going through injuries. But my daughter was actually addicted to opiates. Uh. And before it became legal in South Florida, she ended up passing away on an overdose on her 27th birthday. Uh. So I, I've made it, my wife and I have made it actually a... Uh, a mission of ours, we're creating a facility out in Costa Rica to actually study cannabis on that type of stuff. And as well, this is the next subject I want to be, we're also looking into studying psychedelics to help for PTSD, CTE, and TBIs as well. And I saw you talk at the Microdose HQ seminar, uh, seminar symposium in Miami. Mm -hmm. And what, how do you feel that, that progress is going with psychedelics? Because you, you, if you're like me, we went from cannabis, we're seeing that progress. Mm -hmm. And it's a little more difficult with the plant because it's hard to, to figure out because every plant's different. But the mm -hmm. psychedelic industry seems to really taking off and, and 
lot of people, including the government's noticing this. Yes. So I think the psychedelic renaissance that's happening is really exciting. And of course, I have like some worries about it too. Like, will this be done correctly? That really helps people. Does it just make money for a few people? <laughs> you know, but really gets the potential of healing that we have in these plants. So, um, but I think there is, there's so much research behind, like, you know, you mentioned the anti-addictive properties that that various plants can have, even whether that's, you're talking about smoking cigarettes or nicotine, you know, there's really positive um, anti-craving and anti-addictive properties that can come from therapy with different psychedelics. And I think, you know, addiction is something that touches just about every family nowadays. It really does. And it, and, you know, including mine and it's really, um, it's heartbreaking and it's, it's part of this, you know, the modern um, condition that we find ourselves in and people are, are searching for better answers. So I really like, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss and, and I really applaud what you're doing to help um, others um, because that's what, you know, that's what inspires me so much about hearing these other athletes talk about coming through addiction and getting their life back and getting it to a whole new, even better place using plant medicines. Um, so I think there's tremendous potential. Um, I do think it has to be done right. And we have to make sure that there aren't, uh, abuses of power or just, um, people getting subpar treatment, you know, for money, which we see in a lot of conventional therapies as well for addiction right now. So, um, but right. yeah, a lot of promise. That, that was the biggest thing I saw when my daughter was in, when she went to facilities with the subpar mm -hmm. and the fact that she would come out with more pills than she mm -hmm. actually went in with. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the center that we're, we're building, we're actually making it underneath an academic type style. So we won't be able to have the people with the money just trying to run it themselves. And it's going to be corresponded with a medical oversight with current hospitals out in Costa Rica. So we're going to have medical oversight in the facility so that it's done right. And we're actually looking to actually try and basically train some physicians so that they can understand the product and not just, like you said, look at it as a, as a moneymaker and just decide to give it out to anybody. So I applaud yeah. you on that and applaud you on everything that you're doing. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on my show. It was great. I, I know, I know we contacted you earlier and we've been playing kind of like Instagram tag, but I appreciate <laughs> everything you're doing and I appreciate you coming on my show. But if people wanted to follow your progress and see where you speak or, or actually you do some educational courses as well, do you not? Uh, you know, I have been for, for several years, I did a class called CBD certified, um, and cannabis class. Uh, it's on hiatus right now. Um, and I'm working on some new projects, but if you, if people can find me on Instagram and, and follow me there, and I usually keep it pretty updated with whatever I'm doing. Um, my name is exit drug on there, you know, referring to, to cannabis being, a, you know, not a gateway drug. It's an exit drug from addictive substances. Um, I'm on also LinkedIn too, if you're a more businessy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of those businessy guys, yeah, yeah. Go, to the, go, go to the LinkedIn site. If you're one of the fun people, go to, go to Instagram. Or both, <laughs> both, you know, I use them both. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to put the links in the, in the show notes and everything else. Uh, again, Anna, thank you for coming on the show. It was wonderful talking to you. Thanks so much, Gary. Good Dunes Grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and
and subscribe so you never miss an episode of the good dudes grow 2.0